Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. Are you ready to study the Word of God, yes or no? It's going to be fun. Go to Judges chapter 6. We've studied the life of Gideon a couple times over the past year or two, and we're going to look at a different aspect of Gideon's life today. Judges chapter 6, and, uh, uh, and again, I want you to listen to these words, because I believe the Lord is going to speak to you. Judges 6, starting in verse 12. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now remember, I've taught you this, that Gideon hadn't done a thing at this point. He says, pardon me, my Lord, like, excuse me? Gideon replied, But if the Lord is with us, why has all of this happened to us? Where are all of his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. Let's stop right there. So what's happening in this this context is we're seeing this cycle happen in the life of the Israelites, that the Israelites will repent of their sins. They come to God. God delivers them, and then over the course of time, they, they go backwards, they go into idol worship, they go into just rebellion against God, and God allows things in their lives to capture their attention to which they repent, and then God accepts them and, and forgives them and delivers them, and then all of a sudden they backslide, and then God allows something in their life to get their attention, and then they repent, and then God forgives them, and it's just this cycle that we see the Israelites living out all the time. And right now they are in the cycle uh, uh, in which they are under uh, bondage from the Midianites. The Midianites are coming in and have been now for seven years. When we get to this passage of scripture, it's been seven years that the Midianites have been just ravaging the area, just destroying all of the crops, the, killing all of the animals. I mean, taking away any level of, of, of victorious living or abundant living that the Israelites would have. The Midianites have been coming in and just going to town, just going after the Israelites. And the Israelites are so devastated by this, that Gideon finds himself in the wine press in, in a place that's hidden, and, and he's, he's, he's working, and he's trying to hide the grain from the Midianites or anybody else who would come in and try to steal it or just destroy the crop. And so God comes to him and says, hey, you're a mighty man of warrior. And Gideon's saying, what are you talking about? Like, do you not see where I am? Do you not see what I'm doing? Uh, and do you not see what, what's happening to the Israelites? Do you not see what's happening to the people here? Verse 14, then the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength that you have. And I, I, I've underlined that for a reason. We'll come back to it. Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? And this is the second time Gideon says it. He says, pardon me, Lord. Like, excuse me? Gideon replied, How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. So I'm going to expose three different lies that the enemy would tell you, that that he would try to convince you that you are a failure, and that you'll never be anything but a failure. 
And these are the lies that people often believe. Lie number one is this, I don't have what it takes. If you have a failure mentality, you're living the life which you feel like you're a failure, one of the lies that you would tell yourself and that you would believe is, I just don't have what it takes. And that's exactly what Gideon is doing to the Lord. The Lord is saying, you are a mighty man of, of valor. You're a mighty warrior. And Gideon looks at the Lord and says, I don't have what it takes. In fact, I'm not only of the weakest clan, I'm like the weakest member of the weakest clan. Like I'm the exact opposite of what you're looking for, of who you're looking for. I'm the exact opposite of what you're saying or who you're saying I am. I don't have what it takes. There's something attached to that that I see in when I I counsel so many people and talk to so many people who have this mindset. And it's another lie that the enemy would tell you that you, you would think, I don't have what it takes. And lie number two is, I'm just not doing enough. And I hear this all the time, all the time. I'm just not doing enough. I'm a failure. I'm just not doing enough. I want to do this, and I want to do this, and I want to do this, and I want to accomplish that, and I want to provide that. And I'm just not doing enough, and I just don't have what it takes. And if those are your thoughts, if that's how you live life, thinking those thoughts, you are living a life in which you believe you are a failure. But I'm here to tell you something. You're not a failure. You're not a failure. I'm going to show you a little bit more. In fact, I'm going to go back to verse 14. It says, the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength that you have, Gideon, and save Israel out of Midian's hand. And, and Gideon says, go, go in the strength that I have. Do you not know who I am? Do you, do you not know how weak I am? Do you, know, do you not know the failures of my clan and of my family and even mine? And then the Lord answered him, hey, 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 whoa, whoa, slow down there, bud. I will be with you. Verse 16, I will be with you, and you will strike down all of the Midianites, leaving none alive. So at first, God is challenging him and says, go in your strength. And Gideon says, strength? I don't have any strength. And God says, oh, you're somewhat right. Yeah, you don't have any strength, but I will be with you. And I have all the strength that you need. Let, let me tell you something that I, I, want, I want you to, to get today. I want, you to, I want you to take ownership of this. That under, you, when you understand your weaknesses, understanding your weaknesses is actually one of your greatest strengths. Understanding your weaknesses is actually one of your greatest strengths. If you say, I don't have the strength, you're right. But Christ in you, the hope of glory. In our weaknesses, he is made strong. His strength is made perfect in our weaknesses. And if you're saying, God's saying, hey, hey, go ahead and do it. You, you, you know, go ahead and do it. God, I can't. I've, I've just proven that I can't do it, that I don't have what it takes, and, and, and I'm just not doing enough. And God is saying, good job. Good job. You've just come to your senses. You've just come to the realization that you need me. 
And sometimes when we feel like a failure, we're leaning way too much into us and not into him. And we're relying on our own power instead of relying on his power. And we're telling ourselves, but I've, I've got to do this and I've got to do that and I've got to go here. Instead of, Lord, by your grace and your power, I'm going to accomplish what you need me to accomplish today. You see how that works, everybody? We have this mindset that says, I can do this. But if we're really honest with ourselves, how many know we need the Lord? We just need the Lord. And, and, and some of us, we feel like a failure because we're just acting in our own strength. And you're realizing, but I'm not strong enough. And when you take that to God and say, God, I'm not strong enough. I'm not good enough. God says, oh, but I am. But I am. And I'll be with you. And we have this in scripture. Understanding your weaknesses is actually one of your greatest strengths. Let's move on to Judges chapter 6, verse 25. And I'm going to expose another lie. That same night, the Lord said to him, take the second bull from your father's herd, the one seven years old, and tear down your father's altar to Baal and cut down the Asherah pole beside it, and then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord your God on the top of this height. We'll come back to that. Using the wood of the Asherah pole that you cut down, offer the second bull as a burnt offering, so Gideon took 10 of his servants and did as the Lord told him. But because he was afraid of his family and the townspeople, he did it at night rather than in the daytime. I want to show you a couple of things here that, that again, you might not have put, you might not have understood, but you're coming to understand it now. Maybe that you have understood it and you're saying, well, what does the Lord do? Or what does the Lord want to do? This is what's happening. So, so, so. The Lord tells Gideon, take the bull from your father's herd, and he gives him a specific one, and he says, he says, tear down your father's altar to Baal. I want you to tear down the thing that has been passed down or that the enemy wants to pass down from generation to generation. You need it. It needs to be gone now. This thing has been handed down to you. And now I'm calling you to be the one that makes a change. And in your own strength, you won't be able to do it. But I'm going to be with you. There are some things, there are, there are many people in this room who grew up, and I'm just going to give you several examples here, a variety of, of examples, that there are people in this room watching online that you grew up uh, in the home of an alcoholic, for instance, and you grew up saying, I'll never drink alcohol. Alcohol will never touch my tongue. And all of a sudden, you look back, and you're living the life that your parents lived. You're living the life that your grandparents lived. Or the same thing with cigarettes. You grew up in a house where everybody just smoked. You're like, I'm never going to smoke. And then what happens? I see it all the time. Oh, I, 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 my mom is the worst. I shouldn't say this one because you're going to think it's actually my mom. I'm going to use a different example than that. Uh, 
You're, you're going to say, you're going to say, you know, my family is always, they always, they always did this and I'm just never going to do it. My family didn't know how to manage money. So I'm, I'm going to learn, I'm going to know how to manage money. And then you find yourself in the same financial stress that your parents were in and your parents before the parents before them. You see, it's over and over and over again. Uh, my, you, you know, you're looking back and you're, just, you're growing up and saying, you know, my parents did this wrong and they did this wrong and I'm not going to do that. And how easy it is to live out what's been handed to us from generation to generation to generation. You wouldn't believe the amount of times when people have just exposed the things that they're dealing with. And I'll, I'll oftentimes ask them, did your parents deal with this too? Yeah. Did your grandparents deal with this too? Yeah. Hey, listen, this, there's a generational stronghold in your family. And it's time for somebody to take a stand of faith that this thing would be broken here and now and that no more generations would be affected by what the enemy has designed for your family. And I'm telling you today, everybody, there's some strongholds that are represented in this room that need to be broken by the power of Jesus Christ so we can be free and that it won't be passed down from generation to generation. And the Lord gives Gideon a command. He says, listen, I want you to tear down the altar that your dad built to, to Baal and the Asherah In fact, what I want you to do is after you destroy those things, I want you to build the proper thing on top of it. Like in its place, I want there to be something right. He says, in its place, at the top of the height, where those things were, I want you to build a proper altar. And I'm telling you today that the Lord would tell you that there has to be a proper mindset in the place of the one that you have. That there has to be a, a different way of thinking than the way you've been thinking. That the way you've been thinking has to be replaced with what's proper and what's from God. What's proper then and what's from God? Well, we need to know that, don't we? We need to know what God, what God says. We need to think the way God wants us to think and it needs to replace the mindset that you've been in and that I've been in. It just needs to be replaced. And today we're praying that that happens so Gideon took 10 of his servants. This again is verse 27. And did as the Lord told him, but because he was afraid of his family and the townspeople. Here's another, here's another expectation. Here, here's another lie. Here's another lie of the enemy. That life is better when I live up to the expectations of others. That life is just better when I live up to the expectations of others. Gideon was afraid of what the family, the townspeople would think of him. And so he was making decisions not based upon God's view, but he was making decisions based upon the expectations and the view of others. How many times have you made decisions based upon what other people think about you? Well, I, I've, I, you know, I, I've told you this before. My wife and I, and this, I, we didn't term, we, we didn't coin this phrase. Uh, somebody else did, but there's this phrase that that my wife and 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 a lot of people, we just share it with a lot of people, uh, especially for all of the moms in this room. You're going to get a kick out of this. Uh, the phrase is "shiny moms." Have you ever met a shiny mom? 
Like somebody who just has it all together. They are Instagram perfect. You know what I'm talking about? Like when it's, when it's the birthday party, they don't make a normal cake, like in a 13 by nine with just some ice, icing on top of it. Like how many grew up with those type of cakes? Aren't those, don't those cakes taste just as good? In fact, don't those cake, take, cakes taste oftentimes better than the ones that look all fancy but don't taste very good, right? But there are a lot of people who have a lot of moms, especially that you give into the shiny mom mentality. Well, if I'm a good mother, then I have to do this. I have to perform at this level. I have to provide this. I have to provide this for my children. I have to provide the perfect setting. I have to provide the picture perfect family. And you're living, you're trying to live your life according to the expectation of others. The problem is, there will always be somebody who outdoes you, who outperforms. There will always be someone shinier than you. And if you live your life that way, you'll live your life thinking that you're a failure. You'll live your life thinking that you're a failure. And I'm specifically talking to moms right now. Stop living your life according to the expectations of others or in comparing yourself to others. Let that be broken today in the name of Jesus Christ because it'll be a stronghold in your life. Are you hearing me? I I want you to live a successful, joy-filled life, but if you live your life comparing how you parent to everybody else, you'll always be walking with your head down never feeling like it's good enough. And it's the wrong way to live life. It's the wrong way. It's a lie. That life is better when I live up to the expectations of others. What a lie. Judges 6, verse 30, let's keep going. The people of the town demanded Joash, this is Gideon's father, To bring out your son, he must die because he has broken down Baal's altar and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. But Joash replied to the hostile crowd around him, are you going to plead Baal's cause? Are you trying to save him? Whoever fights for him shall be put to death by morning. If Baal, I love this, you might want to underline it. If Baal really is a God, he can defend himself when someone breaks down his altar. Oh, that is good stuff. A lot of the things, how do I say this? Can your thoughts, can your mentality, that feeling of of being a failure, Has that ever proven itself true in your life? Has that ever benefited your life? Can those thoughts speak for themselves? Can those thoughts defend themselves? Because deep in your heart, you know that's just the wrong way to live life. You know that that's not the life that God has for you. You know that those thoughts are really indefensible. They they cannot defend themselves. Okay, pastor, you, you got me. I know it. I know I believe the lies. I know that I give in to those thoughts that I, living up to the expectations of others or 
not having what it takes or just not doing enough. And I'm tired of living that life. Can I give you some encouraging truths today, everybody? The first, the first one is this. The people that you try to impress do not sit on a throne. <laughs> the people that you try, think about this. The people that you try to impress, they don't sit on a throne. Meaning this, what, what you do to try to impress others that makes you feel like such a failure that you're trying to impress people's ideas or their thoughts, and, and it's, it's not eternal in nature. It's only temporary. And if you gain their temporary approval, what's it going to bring you? A few likes? A few loves? A few comments? Oh, wow, that is so... Well, then you've got to do it again, because if you live for that type of affirmation... That affirmation, have you ever noticed, is very fleeting. It's not eternal. It's just momentary. And I've learned and I've been teaching you, don't live for the momentary. Don't live for the temporal. You've got to live for the things that are eternal in nature. The people that you are trying to impress, they don't sit on a throne. What they think of you now will not matter in eternity. Let me tell it to you like this. They're not going to think of the birthday cake that you made for your one-year-old when you're in heaven. And, when they're, and they're certainly not going to think of the birthday cake you made for your one-year-old one if they're in, in hell. They're not going to be... See, so why think about those? Why live for those very temporary things? It doesn't make sense. Don't try to impress people that don't sit on a throne. Because that's just temporary living. And it's not really living at all. No, no. We need to think eternal thoughts. We need to do the, do the things that really matter. We need to focus on the things that really matter. On Jesus, especially the author and the finisher of our faith, the Bible says we focus on him. And the things that we, that we try to live up to, can I tell you something? It takes our eyes and takes our hearts off of who and what we should be actually focusing on. I, I, I tell my wife this all the time. She can vouch for this. I, I can't tell you how many times I, I talk to my wife and say, babe, just relax. Just relax. Because it's built in all of us. And, and ladies, for some reason, it's been my experience, even though men deal with this, that you deal with a little bit more. Living up to the expectations of others. It's a terrible way to live life. Don't live your life trying to impress people that don't sit on a throne. And certainly don't give them the throne of your life. Number two. You're not meant to linger in the past. And that's what we do when we feel like a failure, right? We sit there and we linger and we think about the past. We think about the mistakes. We think about how we should have been a better parent or, or, or a better child. You know, maybe we caused our parents grief when we were younger. We, we lived that out and I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I, I put them through that. Or I can't believe it, 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 we, just live, we just live in the past so often. 
It's, it's those things that you've done in the past that you feel so guilty about today that it ju- you just can't get past it and you just feel like a failure. Can I tell you, there's some things in my life, some moments in my life, and, and, and the devil just reminds me of these few moments in my life where I just, to say I dropped the ball is an understatement. It's just an understatement. And the devil just keeps bringing that up. And if I hang out there, if I keep lingering there on those thoughts, then, then this, this stronghold is formed in my life in which I walk around thinking I'm just a failure. And if I get into heaven, it'll be by the skin of my teeth. And I'm telling you, you cannot linger in the past. First of all, the past is unchangeable. You can't change it. And the second thing is, it is contrary to the word of God to linger in your past. The Bible says that there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. What that means is that the guilt and the condemnation that the devil tries to throw on you concerning your past, you don't have to believe the lie. You've been forgiven, completely forgiven. It's in the past. So leave it there. Don't bring the past into your present and certainly don't carry it into your future. Because then you'll walk around with a mindset of saying, I am nothing but a failure. You are not a failure. You're a child of God. You have been delivered. You've been set free. You've been saved by grace through faith. Your past is no more. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old is gone. So if somebody is bringing up the old, it ain't God. Terrible grammar, but true. You know, I was thinking about this. I, I won't read the whole verse of scripture, but, but Jesus called the 12, this is in Luke chapter nine. Jesus called the 12 disciples to him and he gave them all of this authority. And he said, he said, I want you to go out and just go town to town. And I want you to drive out all demons and, and heal the sick. And I want you to preach the kingdom of God, proclaim the kingdom of God. I want you to heal sick people. And he said, I don't want you to take anything on your journey. I, not a staff, not any clothing, not, not, not a, 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 any food, not any money, not even extra shirt. I just want you to go and I want you to minister the kingdom of God to those who are lost. And he says, by the way, if you go to a town and they don't accept it, and they don't listen, they don't adhere, they don't allow you to pray, they don't respond. He said, what I want you to do, and you would think he would say, I want you to stay there as long as you can, because they need to hear it. I want you to go plant a church in there, because obviously they need it. Is that what he said? No. He said, hey, listen, if they don't respond... Think about it this way, everybody. Think about it this way. Jesus is telling his disciples, hey, listen, there's going to be a point in your ministry. There's going to be a point in your life that you're going to feel like a failure. Because I've called you to do something, but not everybody will respond the way you think they ought to respond. And when you feel like a failure, because you're not seeing the response... He said, I want you to shake the dust off your feet. 
Don't you dare linger there. Just move on. Just keep plowing forward. Don't hang out there anymore. Just keep moving. And I'm telling you, new song, listen to your pastor. Listen to your pastor. As you journey through this life, no doubt there will be points in your life that you will just feel like you're a failure. Even though you're trying to please God, even though you're trying to do your best, even though you're following Christ and you're being obedient to the word, there are going to be times where you just feel like a failure and you're going to have the tendency to say, well, I'm just going to stay right here until I, can I tell you something? Just shake the dust off your feet and move on. Just say, well, that obviously didn't work. Going to try something else. That obviously didn't work. I'm just going to keep moving forward in faith. That obviously didn't work. I'm not going to hang out here and, 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 and have a pity party. I'm just going to move on. I'm just going to move on. Can I tell you something? That's the heart of the God. He doesn't want you to linger in the past because the past is just that. It's in the past. Don't bring it into the present and certainly don't bring it into the future. You're not meant to linger in the past. I love this. I've, I started with this and I'm going to end with it. I may fail at times, but I am not a failure. I may fail at times. New song, you need to know that your pastor, he's going to fail at times. But I also want you to know this. I'm not a failure. Christ is in me, the living God, the hope of glory. The spirit of God resides in me. I am a temple of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says. I am not a failure. I may fail. I may let you down at times, but I want you to know I'm not a failure. Hey, hey listen, you might make some mistakes sometimes, but you are not a mistake. You might fail, but you're not a failure. You, do you have some lessons to learn? Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you need to grow in your relationship with God and your relationship with others? Absolutely. Do you need to grow in wisdom? Absolutely. You may fail, though, but you're not a failure. It's just evident that you're not perfect. All the more reason we need Jesus. Can I tell you something? Out of all of the people that I that I counseled for, for nearly 30 years of, of full-time ministry. I think it's 28 years now. I, I've counseled hundreds upon hundreds of people and they come into my office over and over again and it's just, it's just their mind is just, it's just chaotic. It's nothing but chaos. And they're playing out scenarios. What if I do this, then this, and if I do this, but this might happen. And, but what if this happens, this is how I'm going to respond. And I don't know what to do because she's doing that, but he's doing that and this over here. And I feel like this and this is how they move into me. And it's all of this just stuff. Have you ever feel like that? Like just chaos, just chaos in life. And I always feel that great counselors have the ability. In fact, I'm looking across the room and I can see some of you in this room that you and I have had this conversation. Well, I think with some of the greatest counseling in the world, Christian counseling in the world, obviously focus on the things of God, but just bring clarity to simplify things. And I'll just tell them, can, you know what, can I, can I help you? Pastor, I, I need some help. I think we just need to simplify. You have so much going on. You're thinking about things that may not even happen. You need to drop that. We're just going to simplify. In fact, this coming fall, I'm going to do, a, maybe even in, in a couple months, I'm going to do a series called Simplify. I'm going to teach you how to live a life of simplicity and that there's so much freedom in that. I'm going to help you. This is what I, I, I tell people. Hey, it's just simplify, simplify. This is what you need to do. Write this down, number four. Just do your, your best. Just do your best and trust God with the rest. Just do your best 
and trust God with the rest. Just do your best. Hey, hey moms, you'll be tempted to make your 10-year-old the perfect, most beautiful cake in the world. But your other seven kids don't allow time for that. Just do your best and trust God with the rest. I release you. I release you. By the anointing of the Holy Spirit that is not only upon my life right now, but in this room, you are released from all the, the lies of the enemy. And you're called just to simplify. Just do your best and trust God with the rest. Well, what, what is my best? Well, let, let me ask you. If I were to say, what's your best life as a Christian? Let's start there. Well, well what would that entail? What would that entail? Well, I need to pray more. Okay, well, let's start there. Well, I, I probably should read my Bible. Yeah, you probably should. So just start there. Just do your best. Well, I... I should probably live out what the Bible says. Oh yeah, I think you should too. So let's just do that. Just do your best. So you wake up in the morning, spend time with the Lord. On your way to work, you spend time with the Lord. You have your devotions, you read, you study, you, you, you pray. You, you just spend time with the Lord. You worship Him. You, you just do your best. And you trust God with the rest. Just simplify. What about parenting? There's a difference between what you, what you want to do and what you just need to do. So just do your best and trust God with the rest. And don't try to impress other people who don't sit on the throne. Don't allow others to sit on the throne of your life. Just do your best. Trust God with the rest. Would you stand up with me this morning? I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> the, the Spirit of the Lord is here. And I, I firmly believe what the Lord told me to tell you has been said that you're not a failure. You're not a failure. And I know I'm not the best communicator in the whole world. I, I certainly know that. And I, I prayed about this moment and I, I was very not anxious. I certainly wasn't anxious. I, I, don't, I don't know. Just prayed about it a lot and said, God, I, I know what you want to do in their lives and I feel so helpless. Like I, I wish, new song, I wish that I had the ability just to go to every single one of you and say, hey, hand me that stronghold of failure in your life. Just give it to me. Now, now be free. Now go. I, I, and just take it from you. 
I want to tell you something. I don't have the power to do that. But God does. But God does. So you don't bring this to me. You bring this to him. You, you take it to him. There's a, there's a part, pastors love their churches so much. It's like, I'd do anything for you. If I could take it from you, I would. But you got to give it to the Lord. That's what you have to do. And the spirit of the Lord is here right now to set you free. And the stronghold that is in your life, if you allow the spirit of the Lord to do it, will be broken right here, right now. But you have to give it to him. You have to give it to him. Would you bow your heads for a moment? Specifically, if you're in this room and you feel like a failure, you have something in your life, this mindset in your life, I would even say a stronghold in your life. And the enemy has convinced you that you're just a failure, that you never get anything right, that you don't have what it takes, that you're not doing enough, and you're not living up to the expectations of others. And you realize that that is not how you're meant to live life. That is not the abundant life that Jesus offered. And you're ready to be free. And you want it broken by the power and in the name of Jesus. Would you raise your hands up really, really high? Let me see who you are. All right, lots of people, men and women. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Okay, let's put our hands down for a moment. Spirit of the Lord. I'm humbled again. I've done my best. I've said what I believe you wanted me to say. But what has to be done right now can only be done by you. So in all humility, Holy Spirit, I release you to break strongholds in the lives of my church family in the name of Jesus. I speak freedom. And I say to you, new song, my family, the ones that I love and cherish, be free in Jesus' name. 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 Would you open up your hands toward heaven? The Spirit of the Lord is healing hearts. The strongholds have now been broken. And right now we are embracing freedom that we have in Christ. Now we need to take ownership of it. And in your own way, in your own words, in your heart, you say, Father, I receive the freedom that you have for me. And I declare that this stronghold is broken. I will not live a life of failure or the feelings of failure. I will not live any longer with a stronghold in my life. I am free 
indeed. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Keep your hands raised just for a moment. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, I bind the spiritual strongholds that are setting themselves up in the lives of this family of faith. And by faith in your name, your power, and your will, I declare freedom from the feelings and the mindset of being a failure. And I praise you, and I thank you that we are no longer slaves to the things of this world or the strategies of the enemy, but we have freedom in Christ Jesus and in the Holy Spirit of God. You, Lord, are great and are highly praised. Your greatness is unsearchable. Indeed, one generation will declare your works to the next and will proclaim your mighty acts. And we thank you for the mighty acts that you are doing in our lives and and in our families today. And we declare that the things passed from generation to generation to generation that are from the enemy are broken in this day that we have freedom from those things. And we ask and declare that you will continue to lead us, to change us, to strengthen us, to free us as we study your word and as we grow as passionately devoted followers of your son, Jesus Christ. New song I declare in the name of Jesus and by his power that you are free indeed. In his name, it has been asked We take it by faith, and we declare it as being done. And if you agree with that, say a big amen. 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 You receive the word of the Lord today, yes or no? Okay, now, you're free. You're free. The spirit of the Lord was here. Freedom was experienced in this room. Now act like it. Live like it. Talk like it. Think like it. You're free. No more going back to the lies. You're going to walk in freedom in the name of Jesus Christ as a child of God with the Spirit of God dwelling inside of you and the power of Christ inside of you. You are free in Jesus' name. Leave the past behind and walk forward in the grace and the mercy of our God. I love you so very, very much. I'm here for you always ready to serve you. And so is Rich Sheber, everybody. Be sure to hug him on the way out. Would you do that? God bless you guys. I love you. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.